Welcome to Archway's Western Civilization History Podcast for Families. In our podcast, we look for the best of the West and discuss the stories, events, themes, and people that made the West different than the rest. Recently, we've been talking about the role Judaism played in establishing the foundations of Western civilization. Next week, we'll begin to talk about the role the Greeks played. Since today was the last day of Hanukkah, a story of Jews and Greeks colliding in an epic way, I cannot think of a better story to cover today than the Hanukkah story. This story is important for everyone, since it's a tale of one old man standing up to tyranny all alone and inspiring a revolution that overthrew a tyrannical government. On top of that, for all those Christmas lovers out there, you should know that without Hanukkah, there would be no Christmas. That's because if it wasn't for the miracle of the Hanukkah story, there would be no Jewish people for Jesus Christ to be born to. Christ himself honored Hanukkah, celebrating it in John chapter 10, starting in verse 22. So for me, I love to celebrate and remember both Hanukkah and Christmas. Now, the Hanukkah story begins in December, either 168 or 167 BC, back when the Seleucid Empire, a fragment of Alexander the Great's empire, ruled the land of Israel. At this point, tensions between the Greeks and the Jews were already high. The Greeks had pillaged the temple around 170 BC, and the Jews were getting increasingly frustrated with their rulers. Now, I am not an expert in this time period, so I have brought onto the show a doctor from Cat Tech who is. Uh, now, welcome to the show, doctor. Uh, what, what was your PhD in? Calculatus eliminatus. Now, let's move on. Every Jew down in Jerusalem liked the Lord Adonai a lot, but King Antiochus Epiphanes, who lived just north of Jerusalem, did not. Antiochus hated the Lord and the whole Jewish religion. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be he thought being the Jews' God was Dionysius's right. It could be, perhaps, he wanted to prove the Seleucid Empire's might. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his bank account was two sizes too small. Whatever the reason, for culture or control, he stood there on the 25th of Kislev, hating the Jews, staring down from his fortress Acre with a sour, grinchy frown at the warm, lamplit windows below in their town. For he knew every Jew down in Jerusalem of the East was busy now preparing a Shabbat feast. And they're reading the Torah, he snarled with a sneer, and circumcising their boys without any fear. Then he growled with his Seleucid fingers nervously tapping, I must find some way to stop Judaism from happening. Then Antiochus got an idea, an awful idea. He got a wonderful, awful idea. I know just what to do, the king laughed, feeling giddy, as he grabbed a statue of Zeus and picked up a piggy. And he chuckled and clucked, what a great Greco trick. With Zeus's statue and this pig, they'll worship my way or be thrown in the brig. Antiochus loaded some bags. With his pretext the phoniest, he sent a ramshackle phalanx headed by General Apollonius. Then he said, giddy up! And the army started down toward the homes where the Jews lay a snooze in their town. They slunk to the temple. They took the Jews' Sabbath feast. He took the Jews' scriptures. He took the kosher beasts. 
He placed the pig on the temple altar with glee. And now, grinned Antiochus, the Jews will worship with me. Uh, all right, Dr. Cat, you reprobate trope. You've killed the joke, and now it's time to elope. I apologize, listener. That cat always takes things too far. Anyway, to finish the story, Antiochus IV, he issued a decree that the Jewish Sabbath and festivals were hereby banned, burnt offerings to the Lord were also banned, and the law of Moses was not to be read or followed. Boys were no longer allowed to be circumcised. Anyone who violated these new laws would be killed. And yes, as that cat mentioned, Antiochus had his men commit this abomination of desolation prophesied by the prophet Daniel, where they profaned the holy temple by sacrificing swine and other unclean animals to their pagan gods in the Holy of Holies. Now, many of the Jews in Jerusalem gladly adopted Antiochus's edict, and Antiochus felt pretty emboldened to send officers to enforce the laws across the province. Many of the Jews in the countryside were killed because they refused to eat the unclean food offered to them by Antiochus's officers. But still, many Jews decided to stay silent or simply give in. It was in those days when the king's officers came to the town of Modin to offer sacrifice. Now the town gathered and the officers spoke to the priest of the town, a father of five named Mattathias. You are a leader. Honored and great in this town, the king's officer said. You're supported by your sons and brothers. Now, be the first to come and do what the king commands, as all the Gentiles and the people of Judah and all those that are left in Jerusalem have done. Then you and your sons will be numbered among the friends of the king, and you and your sons will be honored with silver and gold and many gifts. Now, Mattathias humbly rejected this kind, kind offer. Instead, he answered and said in a loud voice, Even if all the nations that live under the rule of the king obey him, and have chosen to obey his commandments, every one of them abandoning the religion of their ancestors, I and my sons and my brothers will continue to live by the covenant of our ancestors. Far be it from us to desert the law and the ordinances, we will not obey the king's words by turning aside from our religion to the right hand or to the left. When Mattathias had finished speaking, a Jew came forth in defiance of Mattathias and challenged his leadership. This Jew said that he would happily offer a sacrifice to the king. And once Mattathias saw this, he ran and killed this man on the altar. Then he killed the king's officer as well. He then tore down the town's altar and cried, Let everyone who is zealous for the law and supports the covenant come out with me. And then he and his sons fled to the foothills of the mountains. Our story picks up three years later. By this point, Mattathias had died and his son Judah had taken over the reins of the rebellion. Judah, now called Judah the Hammer, or in Hebrew, Yehudah HaMakabi, had successfully led the rebellion to many victories. He had defeated General Apollonius and the royal troops. He now wielded Apollonius's sword, which he had taken from 
the dead Apollonius. He had also successfully led a surprise attack at Beth Heron. He had splintered his enemies at Emmaus, and he had recently repulsed the Greeks at Beth Sor. Now, with the capital lands vacated, the path was clear to retake Jerusalem. Upon arriving at Jerusalem, Judah immediately wanted to rededicate the temple. And so, he had his men remove all of the Greek idols and all of the unclean animals. They destroyed all of the profanities that the Greeks had done to the temple. They purified the temple and began to make sacrifices to the Lord once again. Now, a key part of rededicating the temple is to reignite God's eternal flame as represented by the menorah. But to Judah's dismay, he could only relight the flame for one day because the Greeks had defiled all of the lamp oil in the temple. And when Judah's men had searched, they had only found one cruise of oil which lay with the seal of the high priest. It only contained enough oil to feed the lamps for one day. But, as the Talmud tells us, a miracle was wrought therein, and they lit the lamp for eight days. After the eighth day, Judah's men were able to acquire newly pressed olive oil and bring it to the temple to keep the menorah lit. And the rest is history. History that you'll have to explore on your own. But that's all we have for today. I love this story because it is a story of how a dad stood up to a tyrant and defended his beliefs. And he didn't just defend his beliefs, you know, he honored his ancestors, he preserved religious freedom for his kids, and because of Mattathias' bold example, his children were able to preserve Judaism along with all of their sacred records, their scrolls, and their customs. Mattathias' family were honored by Israel, and they became the royal family of Judea. Some of their descendants even made their way into the New Testament story when they got tied in with that Herodian dynasty. As you can tell, I love this story very, very much, and I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about it today. I encourage you to learn more about this topic. I recommend checking out the two books of Maccabees, reading Hermann Woke's synopsis of Hanukkah in his book, This Is My God, checking out the Carta Bible Atlas so that you can see some of these battles and the troop forces that Judah the Hammer led against the Greeks. I also encourage you to check out Rabbi Yaakov Wolby's Jewish History Podcast. And of course, I recommend you guys check out the Grinch Who Stole Christmas, which was, of course, the inspiration for the cat in the hat, giving that wonderful story about Antiochus IV and his hate for the Jews in Jerusalem. Thank you very much for listening, and I wish you all a happy Hanukkah, and of course, a very, very Merry Christmas. We will hear from you next week. <laughs>